This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. My guest today is Steven Schweikert, and not only is he incredibly creative, this guy gets stuff done because he's a producer in some huge animated projects. He worked on Megamind, which had like 100 big stars in it. He worked on The Simpsons, so don't have a cow, man. And not only that, he produces live shows outdoors under the stars. And if that wasn't enough, he produces joy from me every time we hang out. So everybody put on a hat and then hold on to said hat, because we have the mythical, the magical Steven Schweikert in the studio today on... Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole who doesn't love that it's breakfast time the only show where bacon pancakes hollywood i'm your host brent pope steven schweikert welcome to the breakfast studio thanks so much for having me brent this is oh, great absolutely now here's something that i'm always i never i don't talk to that many producers so i kind of think i know what what they're doing but i don't know if i know what they're doing so for you as a producer on animated objects, walk us through, you know, it seems like a mysterious job. What can you break it down? What it entails for you, like on a day-to-day basis? Uh, so I'm a line producer. So that's uh-huh. uh, sort of an on the floor producer, not so much creative, but it's uh, we do all the logistics and planning and budgeting and uh, sort of uh, management of the animation itself. So it's, it's number crunching. It's, it's, uh, Using it, using Excel and other, uh, you know, office programs. <laughs> it's it's so, uh, it's uh, but it's it, it, what's great about it is that uh, I get to support uh, some really brilliant creative minds, and uh, I get to work with them every day. And yeah. so it's not you know it's it's exciting, it's fun, uh, it, it it can be stressful, uh, but it's always rewarding. Uh, when the work is complete and you get to see see it projected yeah. uh, on a screen. Very cool. Well, I know we talked about uh, in the opener uh, Megamind, which had so many huge... I went back, I remember the, the movie being really good, and then I went back and I was like, man, Will Ferrell, Brad Pitt, Tina Fey, <laughs> David Cross, Jonah Hill's like the fifth name on the list. You know, yeah. that's crazy. Ben Stiller, Justin Thoreau. I mean, is there anybody that wasn't in this movie? I... Uh, that's pretty much everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that is the cast. But uh, no, 
We, uh, yeah, that, that, that movie turned out, I mean, it wasn't a huge box office success, but it's the one that, uh, gets mentioned all the time when, you know, people ask me, uh, what I worked on and I say, I worked on Megamind and so many people say that's they're like one of their favorite movies. When we were working on it, we didn't, we weren't quite sure. <laughs> we, we hope for the best. And uh, yeah, it turned out really well, and everyone really likes it. So nice. Yeah. And that's when you were uh, you were working at DreamWorks. You've had a, you've got to work at a lot of big, great places, which is really cool. That's always been cool to me. But uh, what do you take away from your time at DreamWorks? What? How did you feel about working there? Uh, you know, I I was there for you know over seven years, and I got to work on you know four films that got released. That's where I, I sort of cut my teeth in, uh, you know, in production management. I, I got my best training uh, for that there. I think uh, really how to how, how to work with artists, how to uh, how to manage their expectations, and you know, make sure that they feel supported and encouraged. Uh, I learned uh, how to mentor and how to pass on my knowledge. Uh, so yeah, I learned. I think probably that's what I took away the most from my time there is just really how to, how to manage production. Yeah. So. Now you, we said you worked at DreamWorks. You also got to work, work uh, for a couple seasons on the Simpsons, which, yep. you know, obviously that's, I mean, that show I think started when I was in high school yeah. and I'm, I'm almost 30 now, Steve. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Getting old, man. Good no, luck. But it's gotta be, that's gotta just be a, a this, I, a surreal feeling when you start there because it's just like yes. a behemoth of a show. Yes. It's a behemoth of the show and it's been running for, you know, 30, how many seasons? 37, 38, something, something like ridiculous. That. I, or 30 seasons, 31, 32, I think. I think, but, 30, uh, I think it started like in 89. 89. That's yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a little intimidating to start working on that show and jumping onto like a, a train that's been moving for such a long time. Um, I probably had the least impact <laughs> on any <Yeah. laughs> project uh, on that show. I had very, you know, little impact, but I was, you know, there for a couple years. And uh, yeah, right. I'm proud now, of the work. How how long does it take, let, let's say, when they start on an episode until they finish it? How long, what's that process? Or until it airs, like from the start of it till when it airs on something animated like The Simpsons, what's, what's the timeline on that? Well, it's, you know... I, I'm, I'm probably not going to use the Simpsons as an example, Okay, but, uh, I worked on another, you know, project called three below and it's really, you know, it's really, it takes a year from wow. start to finish really before, uh, cause you're working on, you know, all 26 episodes depending on the project right. okay. at the same time, but really from, from script to, to screen, pardon me, there's a, there's a truck going by. Uh, it's about a year, I think it depends okay. on the, and it depends on the medium. It depends on the project and it depends on, you know, whether you're starting from scratch or whether you're, you know, in your 12th season, uh, it, it varies depending yeah. on, you know, where you're at in the, in the creative process. Yeah. And I remember, uh, when, when you had, uh, told me you were leaving the Simpsons, you showed me a thing that they, uh, they had made you a picture. They Simpsonized you. They made a Simpsons they version they of you. Did. They did that's a, amazing. I think that's a dream of a lot of people. Anyone who's watched The Simpsons has been like, true. I want a picture of me as a Simpsons character. Yeah. And they, I mean, you know, and the artists there have been working there for some of them for since the beginning. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, it was an honor. It was a treat to get get that yeah. uh, drawing. They didn't have to do that. And it was really sweet. 
Right. Um, they made they made me look more butch than I am in reality too, which I appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> made me look real well, manly. <laughs> Well, we're but, starting. We're starting with these huge projects we're working on. But you know, you weren't always this uh, mega producer, Stephen. You started out. You were a young man in Cincinnati <laughs> at one time at SCPA, the School for Creative and Performing Arts. This is true. Uh, uh, how, did, how did you like going to a performing arts school? I, I mean, I loved it. I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like uh, in rural Ohio. I would not super rural, but about an hour uh, outside, like south southeast of Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, being a, you know, an awkward gay kid in, in rural America was, you know, not great. And I I really wanted to get, really wanted to get the fuck out of there. So, um, I did, and I auditioned for SCPA and I couldn't, I mean, those, the three years that I was there, probably like, I couldn't have asked for a better time. Uh, I, I, I met your wife. Yeah, um, that's that's how we met each other. You guys went yeah. to high school together. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, I had. A, I mean, it was wonderful. It was a dream come true for me. I got to, you know, be in musicals and to sing and you know hear applause and all those things that I didn't ha- have before. So, um, yeah, now, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that time for anything. Honestly. Yeah. Do you have one of those? You know, some people have those. I'm not sure if I have this person, but do you have that high school teacher that changed your life? forever uh yeah i do yeah i had a i had a choir teacher um in bethel ohio and her name was marcia ralston uh-huh. and uh, her daughter went to scpa and um she you know took a she she encouraged me she told me i had talent a singing talent and she encouraged me to audition for the school and you know she wanted me you know, she saw that I was unhappy and she wanted me to have a better life. So she really did, uh, change, change my life. Marsha Ralston. Yeah. Marsha Ralston. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, who would you say are your influences, you know, as an artist, as an artist? Uh, so as a, well, as a visual artist, I would say, you know, Edward Gorey, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Virgil Finlay, who's like this great, uh, science fiction artist from like the early 20th century. Um, and so that sort of pulled into my performance life and I do my, you know, my performance art, it's sort of a mixture of that visual aesthetic, uh, with, uh, like, uh, Klaus Nomi or, um, uh, the, um, um, <laughs> why am I forgetting the tiger lilies? I love them quite a bit. Um, drag artists, uh, mm-hmm. are, are in, an influence. Um, so yeah, those are, those are my biggest influences. Very cool. And we're going to get into a little bit more of that kind of stuff. When we talk about your, uh, your live shows that, you, that I've seen you, that you've produced. Um, now when did, so when did you end up moving? Did you move from Cincinnati to Los Angeles or do you have any stops in between? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I went to, college and studied musical theater at the uh, university of Cincinnati and uh, moved to New York to try to be uh, a musical theater actor and did not have a great time at it. <laughs> I was, yeah. you know, 21, 22, didn't know who I was. And I ended up waiting a lot of tables. I got into the union, but I, it just wasn't, I wasn't happy. So I, I went back to school in Savannah, Georgia and studied animation and got my master's degree down there. Oh, wow. And then I moved to LA uh, in late 2002. So 
a little over 17 years ago. Okay. So yeah. does this feel like home for you now, Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. This is my home. I like whenever I go back to Ohio, it, it feels, uh, it doesn't feel, I mean, it doesn't feel like home. It feels like I'm going to a, a, a foreign land. Yeah, I'm a visitor. You're a and, visitor where you know the food places very well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, I crave the food because I was, you know, weaned on it. I find that same thing in Nebraska, you know, like I don't feel like, I, you know, uh, a native Nebraskan person anymore, but I definitely am like, I got to get this food and this food and this food while I'm in town. <laughs> so speaking of food, mm-hmm. uh, we for our breakfast meal, obviously right now with what's going on in the world, we can't go out and eat breakfast at, at a diner, unfortunately, but, you know, we'll get through this. Uh, you had the amazing idea of a simple but delicious muffin and coffee breakfast that we would both go mm-hmm. out and pick up at one of our local places that we want to support and keep and keep uh their businesses open Stephen, yep. where did you pick up your meal and what and what did you have so i went to tierra mia which is a latino uh, owned and operated uh chain here local chain in la and uh they make delicious coffee i'm having a cold brew nice. uh, with some almond milk and some splenda and they, uh, what they excel in there is uh, 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 muffins. So they have a dolce de leche muffin, which is excellent. They also have what I'm having today is the churro muffin. So it's oh, yeah. and it tastes exactly how it sounds. It's a it's a giant churro in muffin form. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're ever in Lincoln Heights, or I'm sure I'm, there are a couple other locations too, but. Stop okay. by Tiramia and have some coffee. Very cool. That yeah. sounds delicious. Uh, I went to a uh, little Filipino bakery in uh, Sherman Oaks called Creme Caramel, and I picked up a little variety. And by the way, all these we'll have photos of all this stuff online so you guys can see all the deliciousness and uh, the places where you can go to, to you know to, to pick up these these foods. Uh, I picked up a little variety of pandesal, which is uh, it's a Filipino bread that's slightly sweet, and it's the and the it's the texture is like a like a dinner roll kind of okay um and it comes from the spanish word like pan de sal which means like bread of salt that's what it means mm. it's not really salty but it's in the philippines if you're having your coffee in the morning you're having some pan de sal with it there's a couple places in the area where you can get they make fresh pan de sal every morning that you can go get in at during normal times uh so we got four of them because it was tress and i sharing uh, we got one that was an almost everything pandesal, which is, you know, just like the bagel. It has almost everything, a lot of salty and garlic and onion, that type of stuff on it. Yum. There was a harvati and cheddar cheese one uh, with top of that. That that looked delicious, and it it was delicious. I think the best one for us was the cinnamon and sugar, which is pretty close to your churro thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a churro. And then we also got one that was guava mascarpone, which was also really tasty. That sounds um, sweet. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> and it was pretty sweet, if you know what I mean. Sweet. Uh, sweet. <laughs> so that's what we had. And then we also uh, got uh, an ube horchata. You know, the horchata, the Filipino horchata is a little bit different. It's uh, it's like a, basically a sweet milk, sweet milk-based drink. Uh, and ube is this purple yam that they use in a lot of Filipino desserts. So it was like a purple horchata with two shots of espresso. Mm. So that was a lot, uh, That's a lot. and a lot of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're bouncing off the, uh, studio walls there right now. <laughs> I was, and I still am. Yes. Good. Um, but yeah, also, uh, in this place, also creme caramel, they have a thing online where if you want to, you can order a dozen pandasols, any kind you want and have them sent to one of the local uh, hospitals for the, for the 
for the workers at the hospital. So I think that's pretty great too. That's but I think, awesome. you know, both of the places that we mentioned, uh, you know, small businesses and they're trying to hang on right now. So, you know, let's support all those guys, you know, around the country. Uh, we're we're going to need to still eat food after this is all over. And uh, if all the small businesses have to close up, you know, where will that be? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so thank you for having uh, our uh, together, but apart breakfast with me. That yeah, yeah. Sounds, yours sounded really delicious and I can't wait to see the pictures. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I've sent we, them to you. You have them. Cool. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I'll check my phone. <laughs> now you had, I want to say, I think it's the most artistic wedding and probably the most fun I've ever had a wedding uh, when you and your husband, Devin, got married in Portland. And it was also the first time I've been to Portland, uh, Oregon. Oh my God. So how long did it take to plan that? So uh, we planned that for a little over a year. Uh, he, uh, proposed to me on my 40th birthday. Okay. And so we got married, um, over a year beyond that. So we were, I was 41 when we got married, I think. So yeah, we planned over a year. We drove out, we flew up to Portland, uh, looked at the spot, which is, uh, this farm just outside of Portland, um, and in happy Valley, Oregon, Pendarvis farm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very. They do a lot of events out at that farm. They have that thing called Pick Fest. It's out, a pick, pick, pickathon. Pickathon. That's right. Yeah, uh, I almost got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, where I think it's all. It's almost. It's just acoustic guitars and stuff, right? Yep. Um. So it's and, and it, it's crazy because you go out. There's there's this farm and they have a barn where you can have part of the events. They have a little campfire area. They have a little seating area. They have out in the woods where you guys had your you know. The ceremony was out in the woods and I, you know, it, it seemed like a very like where the wild things are kind of theme <laughs> to right. me. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it. You guys had like the hats that looked like Max from where the wild things are when he had his little crown on. Yeah. I loved, I mean that all that stuff to me was just like, this is magical. And uh, I wish every wedding was like this. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, yeah, it was an amazing time. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend having an event there. Uh, Sherry Pendarvis, who's the owner, she's a delight. She hung out with with us the entire weekend. Yeah, she was <laughs> a nice lady. She drank, drank with us, you know, into they the wee hours. Dog. They had that big dog too. Beautiful dog. I forget, yeah. I forget the dog's name. But uh, yeah, uh, it was a magical time. It took us all. It it, it all sort of just came together. Like um, Devin actually had an abscess right before the wedding, so we oh, no. were in the hospital, like with his like face blown up, but like. He was on antibiotics and we got, we drove up there a little late, but we got there and everything just sort of happened. And the swelling went down on his face at the last minutes and oh, man. the pictures were great. And it just, it all just sort of happened, uh, uh, by the grace of whatever gods yeah. there are yeah. out there. Um, <laughs> well, but yeah, it, was, cool. it was great. Well, we had fun and, you know, I'd never been to Portland, like I said, and I, I really enjoyed the food up there. They're big into oh, the God. organic foods. Um, we walked by some people that were just like, getting corn ready for something and they're like hey you guys want to help us pick this corn and i was like oh uh maybe next time time. (laughs) yeah i love portland i mean i would i I love spending time up there the food is amazing like yeah they 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 know how to prepare pork (laughs) yeah hey hey the filipino in me uh, you know loves that uh i i had i think the best biscuits and gravy i've ever had in portland and it was uh the biscuit was made out of sweet potato uh or sweet potatoes 
Yeah, sweet potato flour. And so it had a little grittiness to it, which I, you know, gave it that crunch, which is similar to when you get like the pizza yeah. and it's got the cornmeal finish on the bottom. Yeah. Ooh, I loved it. I still think about that meal. I go back to Portland just for those biscuits and gravy. Yeah. And cocktails. The cocktails up there are amazing. Oh, you man. can go to a, a dive bar and have like the best pulled pork sandwich you've ever had in your life. We did have a great pulled pork sandwich while we were there. Now that you mentioned it, just yeah. at a random place. They they know how to pull some pork. And then you've got the uh, that Powell's bookstore. I'm a big fan of those big multi-level, old-school bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's the one in L.A. that I still know is, is called uh, Last Last Bookstore on Earth or Last Bookstore yep. in the World, something yeah. like that. Downtown. Uh, yeah, downtown. So I love places like that where you can just kind of spend the day and feel like, you know, I'm just relaxing and I'm going to leave with a handful of books later and probably a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get back to L.A. because you okay. guys produce some great – uh, what you call medicine shows. Uh, there's a lot of drag in these shows. It's very, it's not something that I've been that exposed to. So I'm amazed by it and you, that you guys have such a great community and you put all this stuff together and you have people getting their fortunes told and, their, and all those type of things. Tell me about, tell me about those medicine shows that you guys do. So yeah, we started doing those a while ago. We, we haven't done one in two years because our work lives have, you know, sequestered us right from performing but uh yeah we we started doing it i guess about five or six years ago we wanted to you know put on a show and raise some money for charity and uh you know i i am fortunate enough to know a lot of really talented musicians and comedians and and uh all lgbtq uh and you know sex positive and really interesting people drag queens that play instruments. Uh, my husband uh, is an amazing drag performer. Absolutely. Uh, Devin M. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing musician. He plays piano. He plays the accordion. And so, you know, as, you know, early into our relationship, I was like, we got to perform together. And and uh, I, it took some arm twisting, but he eventually did. And uh, we sort of just kept doing it for years. Um but yeah, ultimately the the goal was to raise money um, for important causes causes that were important to us, uh, yeah. like homeless youth, uh, AIDS research, um, that sort of thing. Yeah, and you play your character, the Mega Man. Yeah, which I love this whole costume. It's very dapper, magical. Uh, we will definitely have pictures of the Mega Man because I find it hard to describe the Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, so. So the Mega Man is a, so it's a name that I went by as a visual artist just to keep myself separate mm-hmm. from, uh, from, you know, my actual career. Right. Um, so I started, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the, you know, the writer and artist, Our Lady J, but uh, I started doing her posters. We became friends in New York City and I okay. started doing her posters for her performances as the Mega Man. And when she moved out to LA, she was like, you know, why don't you make the, the Mega Man sing? And I was like, okay. Cause I used yeah. to sing in her choir and stuff. So, so I sort of created this, this performance character that sort of with the line work, uh, makeup that sort of mirrors my actual drawing style. And, uh, basically the Mega Man is, he represents my higher self. Um, he's a part of me that exists outside of time and space who I, you know, can check in with and feel like I'm, uh, on the right path. Um, and so I sort of created this sort of myth, um, as, uh, 
as a tool to give myself the courage to perform again, because it had been 15 years since I'd performed and uh, I had a bad experience in New York. And so I was, you know, I, it was hard for me to get in front of people and sing. So um, I created this whole ritual where I'm sort of like, you know, being possessed by the Mega Man and he gives me the courage to perform and, and it just sort of went from there. And uh, he started off looking a little, you know, you know, turn of the century, turn of the 20th century, uh, yeah. with, like with a derby hat and mm-hmm. a curly mustache and stuff. And then eventually evolved into being a little more out there with like crazy white wigs and, yeah. and, and, you know, capes. And, uh, well, I've seen uh, the evolution and it's, I love it all. I love it all. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, you know, the more I'm talking about it, the more I, I, I miss it. So, Hopefully one day we'll be able to have live performances. Yeah, and, that would be uh, great. And the Mega Man, again. you know, that character would be great uh, to write a feature around too, you know, yeah. the time and space thing. That's always, that's always interesting. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, he's a bit science fiction. He's uh and he's a bit, uh, you know, like the version of science fiction, like the Jules Verne version of science fiction. Right. Where, you know, it's not right. uh, post uh, mid century yeah. science fiction, but yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to more of that in the future, you know, I, when everything, uh, we, everything gets back down. to what, what is normal now and calms down. Yeah. So. Um, so you're now working at Nef. I mean, you DreamWorks, the Simpsons, now you're at Netflix and I know you can't talk too much about it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting a little preview of, cause this, just the name of it, Jacob and the sea beast. I mean, that's, I want to see that. Yeah. What, it's Jacob and the sea beast. So, yeah, I've been working on this show for just over a couple days over a year. Um, uh, it's uh, it's the director is Chris Williams. Who you may know uh, he's one of the directors of Moana. Yeah. And it's his story. It's his. Moana and he had another big one. Uh, he, he worked on Bolt. He's yeah. A director on Bolt. Um, but yeah, he um, he's a he's a brilliant board artist and a brilliant storyteller. And this has been his baby for years. And he's, you know he wanted to take it to a studio that would, that would give him free reign to, 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 to produce this type of story. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, it's been announced so I can talk about what it's about roughly, but it's sort of takes place in a, uh, alternate universe. It's sort of like game of Thrones. Like it's sort of roughly, you know, the middle ages, but it's not earth. It's, it's earth like so the the time the time the timeline would be similar to like 1700 on okay. on earth timeline where it's all these big big ships and uh the the seas are littered with sea monsters and so um that's roughly what it's about i can't go into much more than that but it's it's got some very adult themes and it's really exciting and it's uh it's really great from a like it's 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 not like Earth in the sense that you know, you know it's all a white male hero everywhere. You know they celebrate you know women in authority um, and diversity racially, and uh, I don't know. It's just I don't want to get too into it because I could get in trouble. But uh, right, no, please don't do that. <laughs> but it's, come out. We're going to see it eventually. This in, is what you gave us is great. Yeah, that, um, May of twenty twenty two is when it'll be. Uh, like Labor uh, Memorial Day 2022 is when it's coming out. Okay, I'm going to buy one of those three year calendars and put on exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, we're already seeing some early animation and it's really you're it's nothing like you've seen before. It's 
the, the, the level of detail and realism we're going for. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just so proud to be working on it. It's going to be really special. Very cool. Well, we look forward to that. Uh, it is now time for our segment where I put uh, questions on the internet earlier in the week. And now today, Stephen Schweiker, we're going to ask this, the same questions of you and we'll see uh, if they agree or disagree with you. So it's now time for our segment called Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Steven, you grew up in Cincinnati, home to some party Cincinnati-specific food chains. Mm-hmm. So if you have to choose, and I know we just talked about Skyline Chili, but still, I'm going to ask this question. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to go with Skyline Cincinnati Chili, La Rosa's Pizza, and let me throw in uh, Montgomery Inn. Rank those three for me. Oh, that's easy. Skyline Chili, Montgomery Inn, and La Rosa's. Nice. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not a big fan of either Montgomery Inn or La Rosa's, to be honest. Yeah. But... Well, La Rosa's, I, I I think it's it's okay for me. Uh, the sauce is sweet. It's too sweet. Yeah. It's like spaghetti sauce. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Tressa loves the, the sweet sauce, but I do not. I don't. Uh, I'll still eat it, though. It's, it's, it's tasty, but Skyline, I mean... I mean, the star of those three, right? It is the yeah. star, absolutely. <laughs> the shining Bre- star. <laughs> Breakfast quick bite number two. Mm-hmm. Going back to The Simpsons, who would you rather be quarantined with? Nelson Muntz, the bully, or Ralph Wiggum? Uh, I would say Ralph Wiggum. Um, he's uh, easily uh, managed, I think. He's simple. Um, I could maybe manipulate him into doing some chores. Um, yeah. or maybe that would backfire and he would, you know, set one of my dogs on fire, but yeah, I, uh, think... I would, I think I would choose him. Nelson, I, I would, him hearing him. I think, yeah, I get where you're going. I think for me, I would, I think I could change Nelson. I think he's had a bad life. And if he just showed him some, you know, some love, love and support, he yeah. might probably not. <laughs> he looks <laughs> He looks like a smelly kid, and I don't want to give him any uh, love. He doesn't, he doesn't bathe well. Got a lot of nose picking with Ralph yeah, Wiggum, though. Uh, you know? That's true. Uh. He's stinky, too. <laughs> Probably both stinky. Yeah. Anyway, they're both terrible options. Thank <laughs> yes, you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Ralph Wiggum. I accept yeah, that. Yeah. All right, cool. Steven Schweikert, is there something people don't know about you that they should or that you want them to know about you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm loosely very loosely related to an Apollo nine astronaut. Um, I, I want to hear about that. His name's uh, rusty Schweikart. And I, I don't have any evidence to support that he's related to me. Only that my dad told me, you know, you know, it was a big deal for my dad. Cause he was, you know, in uh, high school when, when rusty took to the skies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a big deal for him and, you know, and, and I'm sure we are related. Schweikart is not a, is not a common name. And we all, we all came from like one married couple that came from Alsace Lorraine in the late 1800s. So I'm pretty sure we are distant cousins. Um, but yeah, Apollo nine, um, he, he, nice. or, he orbited the moon. I look, I'm not related to any astronauts. So that's cool to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the, I'm not from the astronaut branch of the family tree. I'm from the gnarled, twisted, you know, 
mental illness, you know, you know, homosexuality, uh, stuff like that. But, uh, wow. but yeah, we're, I think we are related. Oh, cool. Related yeah. to an Apollo 9 astronaut. That yeah. is something I did not know about you. No. <laughs> well, in the future, Steven Schweikert, there will be a movie called The Steven Schweikert Story. Oh, God. Who will play you in that movie? Who will play me in the Steven Schweikert movie? Okay, so maybe a cross between like Jim Broadbent. Yeah. You know Jim Broadbent. Oh, is? yeah. Topsy Turvy and Tur- a, a lot of other things. And yeah, Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Moulin Rouge too. Moulin yeah. Rouge. Um, and um, let me think of one other person Burt Reynolds. Ooh, Burt Reynolds. Well, I got to say, dead, you with know, the stash, you know, you could get Burt Reynolds to run for his money with the but stash. He, but, he, but it would be a cross between Burt Reynolds and Jim Broadbent, which I think is more in line with what I actually look like. Sort of like a doughy, <laughs> um, you know, aging, not, not not really like a sex symbol per se, but right. but, a, but a carnival barker. Um, nice. Yeah. So Excellent. I literally uh, just... <laughs> That was a, I made the, all of that up on the spot. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone has ever put Jim Broadbent uh, and Burt Reynolds. And, and Reynolds and mushed them together, you know? I mean, that's pretty you know, great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you would like to get more Brentfist content, such as bonus episodes, show promos, and TV and film appearances and other events, such as pics and videos of Steven Schweikert and I getting some muffins and coffee, there are several places you can go. You can go to the Brentfist page on Instagram, at Brentfist Podcast. You go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts, at Scoops Pope. On Facebook, you can go to the Brentfist official page, as well as the Brent Pope actor page. show itself is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and through the show website, Brentfist.com. Thanks for your support. This show is growing constantly. We're now all over the United States, as well as 19 countries on five different continents. So if you enjoy the show, please leave us some reviews, give us some likes, share it around, tell all your friends. It's all very much appreciated. Steven Schweikert, is there anything you would like to plug and where can we find you on the social media? Uh, on social media, I'm, you know, on Instagram, I'm at the Mago Man. Um, start following me. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Maybe, you on that, see, guys. maybe you'll see something, but uh, nothing really to plug at the moment. Okay. Yeah, just uh, you know, well, down during this nobody time. has anything to plug right now because we're all stuck at home. What <laughs> <It's> so. <true. laughs> <laughs> I have to plug at home? My TV to plug in to watch more Netflix. Exactly. And Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> well, Stephen, it was so fun hanging out with you again. You know, even over the internet, still fun. And I can't wait to do it again real soon. We'll have to do another escape room. Yes. Uh, actually, people are doing, you know, over over the internet escape rooms now where you have people like you're telling them what to do in the actual room and then they they follow your commands or digital ones too. So let's talk about that because these, these this might be the new way of escape rooms. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Cool. And with that, we are at the end of another transcendent episode of Brent was Brent Pope. Everybody stay safe. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>